Psalm 33, verse 8 reads, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Hello, and welcome back to Think This Way, the podcast of Faith Bible Church. I'm one of the pastors, that is, elders here at Faith Bible Church, Bryce Beal, and I am excited, though again alone this week, but I am excited to finish out our quarter that is a focus on God himself. We are on episode 24, and today we are finishing out our two-part series on living in wonder. And of course, by that we mean living in wonder of God. All of the truth that we have been talking about God, how do you live your life in wonder at all of those things? Because if we don't do what we're talking about in last week, in this week's episode, then really the rest of this quarter has not meant much. (laughs) So this is our response, living in wonder. So if you remember last week, I concluded that living in wonder of God, very simply put, means pondering God's perfections until they take your breath away. Now we want to talk about how do you get there? (laughs) It's not natural to any of us, even after we come to Christ. It takes work, just like anything in life takes work. It's not automatic. And so even in Psalm 33, 8, it says, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. The let all, he's not saying all the inhabitants of the world do stand in awe of him. It's an expression, let this be the case. And even for us inhabitants who are believers, this is our desire that we would stand in awe of God. But it does take work, just like anything in life takes work to develop. So what I want to talk about today are just some practical points How do we develop this muscle, so to speak, of living in wonder of the God we know and love? Let me start by talking about this live-in wonder piece. When I present it as living in wonder, the only reason I put that is because that suggests it's a part of your life. It's ongoing. I'm not simply talking about you here and there on a retreat every few years or even a few times a year working up this sense of wonder toward God, but living in wonder means it's a piece of every day, ideally, not just here and there. I was trying to think of a biblical example of someone who lived in wonder. Acts 10.22 has Cornelius. He was non-Jewish. He was a Gentile. He was a centurion, so he is in the Roman army. But he's described this way, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man. We, in a previous episode, talked about fearing God. I want to say here that living in wonder of God is pretty closely parallel to fearing God. This idea of being God-fearing means you don't take God lightly. So if you don't take him lightly, that means you in some way marvel at him, his power, his greatness, his transcendence. So there you have it in Cornelius, and that's our aim too, Not just that we sometimes would fear God or wonder at God, but that if we were being written down in the Bible, which we won't be, it's already a closed canon, but if if we were being written down by a biblical writer, they would say, Bryce, a God-fearing man, or you, a God-fearing woman or person. How can we be someone who can be described as ongoingly living in wonder? I was reminded of this by Paul Tripp, I didn't have time to go pull it out of, I'm pretty sure it's in his book, 14 Principles on Parenting. It's just a book called Parenting. 
It's either in there or one of his other many good works on parenting. But Paul Tripp, I remember what stood out to me is he talked about don't just beat your young children over the head with rules or older children. Don't just beat them over the head with rules from the Bible, which is our temptation because we want them to obey. God says, obey your parents. And we just quote that to them all the time. Don't just do that, but don't just do that. He says, really what you want to do with your children is you want to help them be amazed by God as just a way of thinking, as a way of life, even before they become Christians. Help them know they live in a world where there is a God who is amazing and his grace is amazing. That's the kind of living in wonder I'm talking about where it just saturates your whole home. It's not an unusual thing. It's what you talk about. It's what you think about. None of us are there yet. But that's definitely what we want to aim at, so that we are people who live in wonder. Now, very practically, how do we grow at doing that? Well, I have some really good news to start out with, sincerely. And it is that God is already amazing, truly. And the way that you're created is if you were seeing God clearly in your heart, you would already be amazed by him. He made you and he made you in such a way that when you see him clearly, you are amazed. So really, the only issue is you not seeing God clearly. We don't have to drum up God as if he's not that significant, but we have to make him seem significant. It's not like that at all. He's amazing. The reason we don't live in wonder of him is really just because there's a breakdown in our perception of him. And that's basically it. So what is this going to mean, practically, if we are wanting to increase our living in wonder? Well, two sides of the same coin here. Number one, if we're going to see God more as he is, it is going to require us to actively limit distractions. One of the reasons we're not seeing God or thinking about God's perfections, pondering his perfections, is simply because we're distracted by other things. You only have one brain. Some of you are great at thinking of 10 things at the same time, and some of you are very single-track-minded, but either way, we're all limited in our bandwidth. And if we give too much of our thought to other things, there just will not be enough bandwidth left to even think about God, certainly not long enough to be amazed by the things we're thinking about. These distractions don't just have to be bad things. Of course, if you're thinking of sinful things, that definitely is going to put a damper on your amazement at God. You'll be distracted from him because those things are opposite of him. But good things as well can be distractions. Maybe an easy way to assess this for yourself is just to think, my quiet time, maybe in the morning or whenever you have your quiet time, whenever you're reading the Bible and thinking about it, What is it that most often keeps you from doing that? Or if you're consistent in getting into the word, what is it when you're getting into the word that most often distracts you? You might sit down and list out right now, if you're not driving, list out five, six, seven things that are the main distractions away from just, let's just say your quiet time, because your quiet time's a great opportunity to be amazed by God, seeing him in his word, What's distracting you from that? What fills your mind or what keeps you from having a quiet time altogether? Maybe jot those down. That will help you to know these are your distractions. Some good, some bad, doesn't matter, but they are distracting you. You could also take it a step further and ask, what most often keeps you from coming to church Sunday mornings? 
we all miss now and then. That is totally fine. But is there something that pretty consistently takes you away from the local fellowship, from our time of corporate worship each week? Or what is it that most often takes you away from your small group Bible study? Any of these opportunities to directly ponder the perfections of God by yourself or with others, what is it that most often distracts you from keeping those commitments? That will probably help you to get a sense of what your distractions are. And of course, it doesn't mean that once you think of that, like, oh man, it's my kids. Well, you can't get rid of your kids, okay? It may be your work. You can't get rid of your work necessarily. You can change jobs, but you can't get rid of working altogether. But you may have to work on limiting the amount of time or even just mental energy you're pouring into those things. Things that take so much of our mental energy that they draw us away from God, the Bible calls idols. They can be good things. So number one, if you really want to live in wonder of God, you are going to have to work on limiting distractions that draw your brain, your mind, away from him. The other side of the coin, of course, is don't leave your mind empty if you're removing distractions. You need to fill it with God. And this is the wonderful, joyful part of growing and living in wonder. I've compared this to a muscle that we train. If you're working out, you don't start bench pressing a ton of weight. You start with a little bit, and then you grow that muscle, and then you can lift more. Similarly, living in wonder of God. Let's start filling our mind with God as a regular exercise Even when it's just like working out, some days it's okay and some not, whatever. But if you stick with it, overall, it improves. So let's see, how can we start filling our mind with God so that we can ponder his perfections and be in the position to have our breath taken away by him? Thankfully, we can center this whole thing on scripture itself. Scripture is, at the end of the day, our only unfailing inerrant authority on who God is. Therefore, we know that filling our mind with God is going to, in whatever way we do it, ultimately focus on God as he's presented in Scripture. Now, of course, reading Scripture regularly is important, but there's even a way to read the Bible that doesn't emphasize pondering God. (laughs) We can read it just because we want some advice. That's okay. You can read the Bible in a way that emphasizes yourself. What we're talking about is maybe even taking your regular Bible reading you already have. You might not even need to change that. But how can you encourage yourself in the reading, no matter what you're reading, to say, okay, what does this teach me about God? It could be a good idea to get a journal just for this purpose, have it next to your Bible, and when you're doing your Bible reading, just jot down a few lines after each Bible reading. What did I learn about God here? And what's amazing about God here? Get yourself in the habit of thinking that, or just pray that afterward, pray in adoration afterward based on what you read. We're also going to have to meditate on God's perfections. This is a hard one. We've talked about meditating on Scripture before. You've got to pin down something that's true about God. And not let it get away before you've extracted something from it. So we need to take, let's say, one of God's perfections. Thankfully, in theology, we've simplified this. We just call these attributes. An attribute is simply something that's true about God. And we can only think of them one at a time. So just take one of God's attributes. God is love. God is justice. God is anything else. All-knowing, all-present, omnipresent. But just take one of those, 
Make sure you have some sense of what it means. Maybe you need to flip open a systematic theology like Wayne Grudem's or just in some way get a sense of what it means that God is righteous. And then just set a timer for 10 minutes. No distractions. Go on a walk. You know, I have a friend who goes and walks around the lake by his apartment. That's a time to just meditate. Go find somewhere put in some AirPods, do something, and just say, I'm going to spend 10 minutes filling my mind with the righteousness of God. Maybe have a Bible in front of you to flip to passages if they come to mind, or just think on these things. What does it mean that God is righteous? Ask those questions. What we're aiming at is faith, really believing these things, but faith happens as we're pondering these things. So meditate on God's perfections. It will help you live in wonder of God. As you're reading the Bible this way, as you're meditating on God's perfections, hopefully as you're hearing sermons with your mind set on being amazed by God, as you're doing all of these things, then we have to come to interpret all the rest of our life through that lens. That also is a part of living in wonder. So if you get a promotion at work that you've really wanted, you could simply focus on how that will put a financial buffer now in for you, which is a wonderful thing. You could simply focus on what's the next thing I need to do now that I have this promotion. Well, you'll have to think on those things. But probably the first thought should just be a sense, wow, what a demonstration of God's love for me and my family that he's provided this promotion to provide for us. Or if you're running low on money toward the end of the month, you could think, I know God will be faithful because that's one of his attributes. He's committed to provide for me in Matthew chapter 6, and I know he's going to be faithful to those promises. Or you hear on the news about what Russia is doing and you feel a fear and a concern, you can stop and think, but I know that God is fully in control as the proverb says, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it like a stream of water any way he wants. I know God's in control and I'm going to rest in that. All of that is living in wonder. It turns your eyes from things happening here onto God himself. Also with that, of course, we should develop the discipline. Hopefully it's a natural outflow, but also it's a discipline of talking about God. And we've talked about that here on this podcast, but talking about God in a way that lifts him up. Not just the benefits we receive from him, of course we should include that, but also just God's perfections in themselves. You're created to love the love of God, not just because you benefit from it, but even if you didn't benefit from it. So talk about the love of God. Talk about his faithfulness. Talk about his righteousness. Talk about his power. Bring it into your conversations. That's also going to help you to live in wonder, to ponder the perfections of God. And you may have your own breath taken away as you yourself are talking about God. So again, practically, how do we develop this living in wonder? We have to ponder God's perfections until they take your breath away. Do it through the scriptures, but basically, in whatever way you can, put yourself in a position of thinking about God so that God may supply faith, cause that spark, cause that sense of wonder within you. But put yourself in that position. Don't just assume it will happen all by itself if you're not thinking about God. 
However you can put yourself in the position to think about the biblical God, do that. Maybe in the past you've been so distracted, perhaps even in the last few months, there's been so much going on in your life that living in wonder of God has certainly not been on the radar, or maybe it's never really been on the radar for you. You've kind of let that slip away. You didn't think there was a sort of another stage of your Christian walk where you're more conscious of God and amazed by what you're conscious of. It may be in the past you thought in those ways, but now by God's grace, may he help us all to think this way. Thank you.